Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Cotton and the Rockership. I'm your host, Lennox Mars Jr. This is season two, episode three. And the name of this episode is Ice Cube. Is Ice Cube a coon? And I I pause and, and hesitate because before the the presidential election, probably a month or so before the presidential election, I know in season one we discussed Charlemagne. We discussed Charlemagne and uh, the potential. Well, he's the current president now, but he was the runner-up. He was in the race. He was the presidential candidate for the Democratic Party. Joseph Biden, what we call Joe Biden, had a interview with Charlemagne the God on The Breakfast Club, and Charlemagne asked a very good question. He asked a question to um, now President Joe Biden. He asked a question that, what do we get for our vote? And when he says we, what do black people get for their vote? And Joe Biden, he, he smiled, he laughed it off, and he said, black people are going to get a lot for their vote. And he's like, um, Charlamagne said, what exactly? And he said, well, if you don't vote me, you ain't black. Right. So I talked about that with the race card and, um, how he just basically <laughs> revoked the, the, he sucked the blackness out of, out of, out of, uh, the melanin out of Charlamagne the God and all black people who, uh, who, who began to ask for something. Right. I thought this was very funny because Whenever there's a, a um, whenever black people, and I would say in this nation, ask for what are they getting out of their vote, they always get um, deflected by race, right? They get redirected by something racial, which that is the 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 great that is the magic trick of race, right? Race is to to hide the guise of, of not talking about money, right? Or not talking about um, your economic well-being. So always keep that in mind. And um, what he did was masterful, right? So I know Trump used to call uh, Joe Biden Sleepy Joe, but he wasn't asleep on that one. He's rather sharp. <laughs> he was rather sharp on that, on that note. But what I really wanted to talk about, I say all of that to say, and I preface that, that... Um, that anecdote or that that part uh, to say that Ice Cube uh, one or two months before the election so this is around mm, let's just say mm, July now let's just say September let's just say September so he started before that, but he started to pick up steam around September, right? So a lot of people argue with Ice Cube and said that he was a little bit too close to the election to be asking for anything. And I'm like, but really there was no agenda or there, there is no written documents that I've read anywhere that what are black people getting for their vote, right? And I had an issue with the Democratic Party um, and my issue stemmed with by no stretch of the imagination, the, the democratic backbone uh, of uh, of the political party is black women, 
bar none, black women, are, they, they make up a, a good part of like the workhorse mentality of, of the Democratic Party, right? There, of course, there are su- some significant um, white women, Latina or Hispanic women. It, you know, it, it's very, it's very diverse and multicultural as opposed to the Republican Party, right? The Republican Party is mainly, I would say, 80% or 90, close to 90% um, white male, you know, down the line. And the Democratic Party is more so, you're now seeing the trend of, of women taking the lead, but more, more so black women, you know, like they, they make up a good big chunk of the political party and they did a lot of the heavy lifting for this last election this 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 election that just passed <laughs> I, i've watched some states that <laughs> were traditionally red states all my life um turn blue which is amazing to me and um hats off that you know that level of whatever your political affiliation is that level of effort to change a state from from red to blue or to 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 get those votes out to get people to vote they said almost 20 and i know people are talking about voter fraud and that that's yet to be seen we'll cross that bridge when we get there but a lot but despite the, the issues that at hand and i know the arguments of of both sides just the, the level of effort you can't deny the level of effort one needs to take in order to get people to to want to vote or get people who didn't vote last election to vote, get them to the polls, and also get new voters out to the polls, especially in COVID season. Um, a little background lesson for me, and um, I was a part of like North Student Voices, the voices um, in high school. I was always civically engaged, so one of the things we used to do was go out and campaign and, and petition to get people to vote. And so we used to have like voter registration drives and things of that nature in high school. And I also did it in college. It's not easy convincing somebody who, who doesn't want to vote to vote or not easy trying to convince um, people who didn't have like serious crimes or convictions to vote. Sometimes they didn't know they could vote because, you know, felony convictions, depending on what it is, you may not vote or it can be expunged. It, you know, there's certain processes. So you just don't, not all felons, don't have the right to vote. There are some felons who can have the right to vote. So a lot of people don't know that. So just educating people on the processing. It, it, it's a lot of energy to get at, you know, 10 votes, right? It's a lot of energy to leave the, the end of the day. It's a lot of work to canvas too. Canvas for a lot of, of, <laughs> of um, politicians in my day. Uh, especially, you know, I had to get paid that, that, that $100, that $120, sometimes it was $150 depending on the campaign. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, I needed that money, so I canvassed. Um, but per, 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 uh, excuse me, primarily, I, um, <laughs> I was um, out for the Democratic Party, but hey, if it was a few Republicans that needed my, my services to canvass, hey, it is what it is. Um, I was a broke college kid. But I, I know the level of effort that's needed in order to, to, to be effective, um, especially in the grassroots. And so my hat's off to um, a lot of the, the black women. At, like Stacey Abrams is one. 
that, that really held it down. She made Georgia a blue state, like, amazing. But um, going back to the, the, my issue at hand is um, Ice Cube, right? They were calling Ice Cube a coon because he started around September campaigning and asking for what are we getting from our vote? I didn't get anything. And he, he was very specific in saying, what do we get? For, what do black people get for their vote? And I, I was like, very good question. What do we get for our vote? Like, there's nothing that we ask for, right? And so I, I'm like a history buff, right? So I, I like all things history, but mostly I like I like African-American history because it's more than a lot of struggle. It's steeped in struggle and triumph. And, and um, even though we're not com completely finished, like we, there's, there's a lot of amazing things that happened in the past, right? That if you didn't really uncover, you, you kind of see that these, these trends tend to happen a lot, right? They're, the technology is different, the clothes may change, but a lot of these same situations we come across generation after generation, right? So we asked, like, what are we getting for our vote? So in the past, black people, they gang, they used to gang, something called gang vote, right? Malcolm X always talked about the ballot of the bullet. And voting was, like, you know, you got, in, like, the most recent times, they would call it, like, vote or die, which was, was based off of the ballot of the bullet. Frederick Douglass always talked about voting. There was a lot of, voting has been the, the, the number one thing or the backbone of, of African-American um, suffrage, voting, having the, the, the right to vote, right? So even myself, historically, I, I have a, um, I feel guilty, right? Even sometimes when I, I don't like the candidates, I don't like the platforms, I, there is this thing in the back of my head that rings in, even with my mom. She was like, you know, your ancestors died for the right for you to vote, so you have, you have to vote, right? So, and I would argue and say, like, they really, <laughs> um, they really died for my choice to vote, right? And they really died for me to actually have, to, for my vote to count or to matter to, to my community and myself, right? But for some reason, that's, that saying always gets me. So I have to vote. Like, I feel like I'm obligated to vote. <laughs> it's like almost like they ring the dinner bell and I just have to walk. I, I have to come to supper, right? So I have to vote regardless. But Ice Cube said something very interesting, which is the truth. What are we getting for our vote? What, what is the agenda? If you say you need black people, what are we getting for our vote? So I noticed that he started to be get attacked from the Democratic Party. He got, he, he got attacked. Um, they called him a coon. A lot of people called him a coon. They called him divisive. They called him a Trump sellout. They called him a Trump supporter. And mind you, this is what I don't like about uh, cancel culture. And this is what I don't like about like, you know, now the political structure is now us against them, right? There is no middle ground or there is no, no, um, my ideology is, right, marching, protest, um, civic engagement, collectivism, activism, it, it, it's supposed to get you to the table to get you the things that you want, right, for your community, the resources that you need for your community. So 
protesting, marching, all that stuff is to get you to to get to the table to to address these situations or to get the thing, your demands that you're, you're trying to get met, right? So these are the tools to get down to the table. And when you finally get to the table, these are the things that you ask for. So Ice Cube said he had a, 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 an agenda, he had a plan for black America. And he said, I, I welcome anybody who wants to come and help me and assist me with getting this plan for black America. And I read some of the plan, I was like, it's pretty much asking for a lot of the things that um, historically we've been always asking for, but um, updated, of course, updated. Everything is always updated. And he, he received a lot of backlash. And a lot of it was from the African-American community saying that he was being divisive and he was split. And it was a lot of black women who attacked Ice Cube as well. Black men, too. But a lot of black women attacked Ice Cube. Um, I, and, I, and I was like, why? And um, I wanted to table this question on my, um, on my social media. And I want to ask, like, do people really think Ice Cube is a coon? I understand that when, you're, when you hit a level of success and you hit a level of wealth, that sometimes you may become removed from your, like, the community or like, from where you are. But realistically, Ice Cube has been legitimately consistent in the african-american community like even down to his mute his movies his movies the depiction the, the depiction of of certain um issues in his movies the the cast the the payment of the cast like you don't really hear too many bad things um the big three where he's getting older basketball players who who still have something left in the tank to play and to put on shows like he to me and his actions have always represented our community in a very good light right you know even his raps you could say one, one could say he's a gangster rapper or whatever the case may be but i i believe right being a child of the hip-hop era being a millennial ice cube has always represented us in in very multi-faceted light in a very great light you know um He's always contrite when he speaks. He he leveraged his rap music career. He ended up having a label. Like, so he's a businessman, right? So, and I'm something sort of a, a, an entrepreneur and a businessman myself. So I'm like, you know, I know historically we always were supposed to get something for our vote. Since LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, we in and um, the Civil Rights um, Act of 1964, we haven't really asked for anything since Lyndon Baines Johnson. We haven't gotten anything for our vote since the Civil Rights Act. Right. So essentially, the Democratic Party has had our undying loyalty since 1964. I know that. Right. I told you I'm a, I like history. I like African-American history, history buff. So. We haven't asked for anything. So in, in that time, since 1964, black America has lost a lot of wealth, right? A lot of wealth. And America in general has lost a lot of wealth. And we haven't seen wages. Wages haven't increased. They, they pretty much plateaued and plummeted since the 1970s. Um, and black America has always has suffered from it. So we went, um, we lost a lot of our businesses and our infrastructure and integration. I, I have a... Um, if you listen to one of the, the seasons I talk about Martin Luther King Jr. like is integration a failed experiment, I discuss black wealth and we losing a lot of 
of wealth because due to integration and how it is being how it is a failed experiment. So I discussed that. So I discussed that in, in some detail, in some length. So you can go check that out if you didn't. But for the most part, we have the the neighborhoods, rural and urban, who have a concentrated amount of African Americans, have lost wealth. Right? They they're depressed. They the the economic ratio, the the, the economics in in any major urban city in, for black America is it, pretty terrible. COVID happened. COVID now, black Americans are like, we have lost a lot of our wealth, a lot of our jobs in COVID. A lot of us lost lives. And COVID is interesting because um, people's, before I go off on a tangent, but you're, a lot of of our healthcare is is tied to our employment. You have 40 million plus people on unemployment and unemployment benefits who are now not working. Many of those people are African Americans and because COVID is such a a disease where you have to it, a lot of people are being going to the hospital, they're being rushed to the hospital. They have to do, you know, rest or they have a lot of respiratory issues. If COVID doesn't kill you, which they have killed a lot of African Americans because they have a lot of underlying diseases, crushing debt will. So we all know that if anybody needs health care or some type of health care, it would be black America, right? It would be actually, you know, black America and brown America. But, you know, I'm just going to speak on what I know. But going back to Ice Cube, he, he presented this agenda. He said Donald Trump was going to talk to him. He sat down and he spoke to some representatives from the Trump campaign, right? And they had some positive talks, but people were saying that he's being used by, um, he's a, a puppet for Trump. Trump, oh, and of course, Donald Trump, it, it, he, he's not he, he's not a dumb man by no stretch of the imagination. He ran, he, he was a part of, um, he, owned, he ran a reality, a popular reality TV show for um for years right for at least five to six years he knows how to use the media to his advantage he's going to use the media to his advantage he has right so it's it's basically free free publicity it's free marketing so if he meets with a, a rapper or he reads with a celebrity he knows that it's going to add to his celebrity and his platform that's why he tweets a lot. That's why it, it, all of this stuff was it was um it, it was deliberate. It, it's deliberate. You you can't you can be a lot of things in this world, but you can't be you can't touch a lot. You can't touch the the level of money and and his network by being just stupid, right? He's speaking to his audience, but neither here nor there. He lost. Um, but. He sat, Ice Cube sat down with the Trump. They said they promised him the, like almost a, a half a billion dollars, right? Like 500 million if he was to win the election. And of course, this could be all fluff, right? We don't know because he lost. But one of the issues was with the Biden campaign, Joe Biden said um, they would rather talk about the agenda after the election. And people were okay with that. 
that's almost the equivalent of me um, asking someone or telling someone, yeah, like, um, or someone saying, yeah, render services, and then after you do the job, I'll pay you. No. Absolutely not. If anything, we do half now, half later, right? Or at least let's get the invoice in, right? Let's let's discuss some of these things so that way I know how much you're going to pay me, right? So I'm not just going to render services or I'm just going to do all the heavy lifting and then you pay me $50 and really the, the job is 500 or the job is 1000 And that's how I kind of looked at it from a business standpoint. It was like, who does the heavy lifting and then come back to negotiate. You don't negotiate after you win. Like there is no conversation that's gonna to be had after you get what you want. Like that's not how things work. But I guess, you know, we've been, as, as Americans, right, and as black Americans, we've been divorced so for so long from, for, like from business that this, that, that negotiation ploy seemed okay, right? And um, the other issue I had with the Democratic Party was that they, not saying that Miss Kamala Harris, and congratulations to her, didn't deserve the nomination, but literally the nomination, if you could remember, was, was honed in and solely focused on black women candidates. That's pandering, you know, like, I guess, right? So I'm I'm happy for the fact that the means that we have someone in office, but looking at the track record of of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris with all the policing issues that we have, Kamala Harris is not that good. She's been very conservative and very strict on on African American males and she had a lot of issues when it came down to to her prosecutorial record, right? And um, uh, Miss Tulsi Gabbard talked about that in, in um, their debates. And I thought she did really well against uh, Miss Harris. <laughs> she, she, she really did um, poke holes at her record and, um, in California, her being um, in charge of that, that district. So, but I, I say this to say that with Joe Biden being the, the uh, co-author of the 94 crimes bill, which was a bipartisan bill passed down through by Bill Clinton in his, uh, during his, his presidential campaign or his presidential tenure had, had, had significant effect on, on the African-American community black males in general there there are some black males who are still um imprisoned from the 94 crimes bill and though that legislation that was passed um the ripple effect of that is still being is still happening today there are men coming home who spent 30 years 20 years who haven't seen their families for victimless crimes right so you know marijuana charges you know, there was three strike laws and stuff like that. And it's amazing to see that a lot of 20 years ago, marijuana would, would, was a, a very strict drug, right? Marijuana was a, a, a law, almost along the same guidelines as a uh, crack and cocaine. And, and which is interesting is crack was had a different guideline than cocaine. And the only 
difference between crack and cocaine was baking soda, something that is found in a in this grocery store. Whatever the case may be, whatever, whatever. We'll get into that to that for another day. But I say this to say that these two candidates who are our president and vice president, they are more strict and more pro-law enforcement to me looking at the track record historically um, than any other did to me than Trump but the narrative was that Trump gas lit and he, he was strict on certain things but if we wanted any substantial change or if we said we needed any substantial change to what's going on in today's climate where black people are trying their best to to positive positively sway and reform policing in America those aren't the candidates <laughs> our, our, our president and, and vice president come January those aren't the people that we that I, I'm not expecting them to, to make any dramatic changes to law enforcement. I, I just don't because their their past records don't do so. Now, if they do change, then I would be happy for it. But look, the only thing, especially in politics, the only thing you can go off of is someone's past, their platform and their past track record. And that has to, that has to be taken into strict strict and critical consideration and I, I see that you know my community we're like dancing in the streets because we we got rid of of Trump which I guess you can dance in the streets but me I, I don't foresee it changing much I think we just might have had the same thing in a different package um but we shall see you know you I'm I'm no fortune teller but looking at the track record and 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 the truth of the matter is that the, the to me the democratic party had had a um they had a window of opportunity to be very revolutionary and very transformative in their platform but they did they're doing more of the same in in covid right we're doing more of the same and we we heard out of joe biden's mouth that he believes that um single provider um, single provider payer healthcare is the best way to go knowing that we have 40 million people who are unemployed 40 plus million people unemployed and the unemployment money is running out um, SBA loans are, are, are drying up um, these businesses are, are like running through have ran through the SBA loans and and we're in we're going into wave two so I want to see how creative we're going to be in this upcoming month because Historically, America is at the precipice of something um, either triumphant or tragic. Um, we have right now 250 years. We're coming up on that 250 year mark. And that usually tells you about um, any empires, any dynasties. It's around 250 years before by, by the time they collapse. Right. So it's about like 100 years even with the ancient Egyptians, they, they talked about their, their dynastic periods, right? And I know, I, I know I'm killing you guys. You're like, how is he talking about the ancient Egyptians now? But follow me. 
um, even with the Roman Empire, they said the Roman Empire lasted a thousand years, but for the ancient Egyptian Empire, like each, the pyramid signified the end of a dynasty, right? The culmination end of a dynasty and then a new dynasty to be turned. So they knew that um, things would change differently with each pharaoh or which each person in rule right so this one rule will change and, and this would change hands and so the pyramid would, would would culminate the end it's like the culmination of the end of a dynasty or end of a period because you know that this has changed right and so america is is coming on a change where we can either be back to um developing world status or we can we can do some things that's very transformative and be like um, like the Scandinav some of the Scandinavian countries, right? These, you know, like Norway, Sweden, where they they're they're just like cutting edge on something like like on everything, healthcare. They're in the top, always in the top three, top five. Um, the way they look at work, work is you know the 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 work life balance. You know, right now we're being forced to work rem remotely, but they've been working remotely and having childcare for six months to eight months, almost a year's time. They're giving money to their to their um, to their populace to make sure that they're they're okay. Babies get like a kit and, and food baskets. Like they they are very transformative in the way they think because they really care about like the family aspect in the environment but america since march we gave everyone 1200 dollars, and after 32 weeks it's been almost like 40 weeks they said all right here's your 1200 dollars, and see you like you could have opened an ebay store and made way more than 1200 dollars in 30 35 40 plus weeks 40 plus weeks you you would have made 1200 over right so i i i want to say that if there were people-centered if we were really truly caring about the people and on both sides of the fence whether you're democrat or republican i could care less but if we if both parties really cared about people um and it, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have given you twelve hundred dollars and then hurt hurt people hurt you and say that you know we're going to wait till after the election to to even try to issue another stimulus check or we're going to hold off on the stimulus check because we want to see how the election falls if you know that people are really in dire in desperate need of this money or or these subsidies and i i want my audience to know that both parties dropped the ball like it, it, it's not just it's not just one party we, we we're caught in the middle. People are caught in the middle of pointing fingers and blaming or, you know, it's the white people, it's black people, it's the Republican Party, it's the Democratic Party. No, it's Asians, no, it's it's Hispanics, it's, it's the Cuban voters. This, you know, like, that's what they want you to do. They want you to, they want to shake the jar up so you can point fingers, but really our elected officials are the ones who have failed. It, it's been egregious that they failed so horribly to, to, to have any leadership. I don't see any any type of, of of leadership of someone grabbing this thing by the horns and saying, this is how we're going to navigate. Whether you're wrong or right, you know, there's no wrong way. We've, we've, we've never experienced this before until since 1918, this, the, um, 
the Spanish flu of 1918. We haven't experienced a, 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 a pandemic of this nature. Even people, even, and this is how egregious this, what this leadership is, is, is that we're not even listening to the scientists, right? The people who we were paying this money to, we're not even listening to the scientists and looking at what the science say, right? So we've just been so focused, like, we're just so, the cognitive dissonance of, of, of it all is just, it, 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 it's almost, it's like ignorance to its highest level. Um, it's like you can't even tell Americans anything, right? You, you, they just don't believe it. You know, we, we've gotten to the point where we've been fed so much misinformation <laughs> that we don't believe these things. You know, just don't believe it. We're not going to believe Fauci. Like, who are you going to believe? We're not going to believe Fox News. You're not going to believe CNN. You're not going to believe any. You're not going to b- believe the doctors. You're not going to be- believe the virologists. You're just going to go ahead and do what you want to do. And um, that we have to humble ourselves and, and but we don't have a strong enough leader we don't have leadership to say like listen just to be on the same page just to say whether this thing whether you believe it or not in in my and i'm this is my sentiment whether i if i had any personal any personal or political reservations of whether covid exists or not i'm still going to wear my mask because i have a family i still you know i still have a family so I'm going to still wear my mask. I'm still going to socially distance because I don't want to give anything to my, my loved ones. And that's, I think that's how we have to speak. But, but it, we've gotten to the point where we, we really truly as Americans don't care about our countrymen. We, we just don't. People are just doing it because they want to do it. Um, because it's their quote-unquote rights. But if you really... Rights are only as, as good and expressed if... You have a country to live it in, right? Or you have a place to go back to, or you have a home to defend. You know, like you, you, you're literally could be a, a ticking time bomb and walk. And and literally, there was a um, an Italian family, and God bless the dead, where they decided to have this wedding, and like almost 15 people out of the wedding passed away. 15 people from from attending a wedding. And. and that's devastating. That is devastating to, to have, and, and a wedding is supposed to be a joyous occasion. So just think about the the, the financial effect uh, and the psychological effect of, of that family. Just that's, that's just one family, right? There's there isn't anyone that I know in my circle that haven't been affected by COVID. I've lost um, members in, in in my company, like that I've taken care of in, in my care. Um, to COVID, so I, I, I felt it financially, and I felt it um, work-wise. I felt the effects spiritually. I, I felt the effects psychologically, mentally. You know, it's exhausting. Um, but I, I, we really dropped the ball as a country, as far as leadership, and we're supposed to be the best, the best country on earth. If anything, we were supposed to be the leaders of how to show the rest of the world how we operate and do business. But instead, the rest of the world is looking at us, one, in fear, and two, you know, like they're looking at us like, you guys are like self-inflicting your, you know, like we're, we're prolonging this. 
Um, right now we're in wave two. Um, doctors have gotten sick, sick again. Um, and I, I spoke about this, this thing called attrition, right? It's, it's going to come a point where, you know, if we don't get a handle of this thing and we don't have the hospitals to fit all these people and then our, our health professionals start to get sick, then we're going to be in a whole different category because we're already at a short shortage of nurses and doctors. So what do we do then? We have to really think about these things. But um, going back to to my my community, we really need some strong leadership, um, some really strong and steadfast leadership um, from from any party or from anyone. Um, but we'll see. But um, thank you for listening in. This is Cotton in the Rocket Ship. Peace.